Just Man's the Podcast. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. It's your host, Amanda. If you guys are new here, I talk all things womanhood, wellness, and self-growth over here. Happy Monday. Boy, do I have an episode for you. If you're into crystals, if you're into sex toys, if you're into birth stories, this is the episode for you. My guest is amazing. But before we get into that, I wanted to say a quick congratulations to the giveaway winner. I ran a giveaway for my one year podcast anniversary. And the winner is Sophie G. Roy. So congratulations, Sophie. You should be getting your package of the self-care items in the mail by the end of the week or next week. So again, thank you to everyone who supported me, sent me some love, liked, commented, shared, entered the giveaway. I am so thankful to have this community. And the response on my one year podcast anniversary was just like so fulfilling. I felt so appreciated and I felt so seen and I felt so loved. And so I thank all of you guys for supporting me and listening to the podcast week in and week out. For some reason, I keep I keep saying podcast weird. I feel like I'm saying it with like a Boston accent. Podcast, po- podcast. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm saying that. <laughs> do you ever like talk sometimes and you think you're having a stroke because you just can't form a sentence? I do that all the time and then I have to touch my fingers to my nose to see if I'm actually having a stroke or say the sky is blue, the sky is blue, the sky is blue or say my ABCs to make sure that I'm actually okay. Life of a hypochondriac. Please let me know if anybody can relate to that. Anyway, this week's episode, like I said, is such a beautiful conversation. I interview Tiffany Holmes, who's also known as at Moon Magic Priestess on Instagram. She is a Reiki master, a doula, tarot card reader, and also the founder of Yonigasm, a marketplace for yoni eggs, yoni steam, and crystal wands. If you guys don't know what yoni eggs are, that's okay. I didn't really know about them before I found Tiffany, but they're basically little crystals shaped like eggs that you insert into your yoni canal, which is your vaginal canal. And basically it provides so many healing elements because if you're into crystals, you know that crystals are super healing and we get into everything about this in the episode. So we chat in depth about womb trauma, which is so interesting and how you may find out if you have womb trauma, because when I heard about womb trauma, The first thing that comes to mind is obviously birth. Obviously, if you're pregnant or you're postpartum or you just went through labor, whatever, it makes the most sense that you have womb trauma. But something that's really interesting that Tiffany actually shared with me and shared with you guys in the podcast is that anybody who has a womb, so just anybody who's a woman has womb trauma probably. So we get into how you can figure out if you have womb trauma, how you can heal from womb trauma. We get into her birth story and talk about how her womb trauma manifested in really terrible pelvic cramps. We talk about how you can use the yoni eggs everywhere from insertion to removal and which crystals you should use in terms of what you're trying to achieve in the healing. We talk about the crystal sex toys and how they can be really, really awesome too for a multitude of things. So this is just a really fascinating, empowering episode. So if you 
if you're a woman, I just think you're you're going to enjoy this and your mind's going to be blown like mine was because I was like, whoa, I need to get my hands on one of these. And I am ordering a yoni egg. I keep forgetting to do it, but I am going to do it after I record this intro. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to take a moment to take a breath with you guys. And no, I'm not a yoga teacher. <laughs> I feel like the only people that I've ever heard be like, let's take a breath together is when you're in a yoga class. But no, I'm not a yoga teacher. I just have been finding lately that my shoulders are super elevated or my hands are really tense or my jaw is clenched and I'll just be sitting around or doing work and I find my body just tense and stiff and reacting to stress in a physical way. So I've been finding lately that breath work has been incredible for me to recenter, reground, rejuvenate, and relax. And um, I wanted to take a second to just breathe with you guys before we get into this episode because I think breath work is such an underrated tool in terms of anxiety and medicinal purposes. I think that it can do so much for our nervous systems and to just keep us in a really awesome mental state, physical state, and just a really open, relaxed, calm, positive space. So with that being said, let's take a breath together. So breathe in, hold, breathe out. Ah. That felt so good. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but I just find that taking a breath really, really helps to refocus and recenter. If I'm ever feeling in a mood or if I'm ever feeling like I'm about to get irritable, I can tell that I'm about to lose my temper or I'm driving and have road rage, I just take a breath And I breathe in for four seconds, hold for seven, and breathe out for eight seconds. And uh, it just makes me feel so calm that whatever I was about to get upset or angry over, I just can't get to that place anymore. So if you guys haven't tried breath work, I definitely, definitely recommend it. And I hope you guys all felt kind of rejuvenated, recentered, and ready to get into this episode after that breath. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. If you do, leave a comment on my latest Instagram post and let's just get into it. Definitely check out Tiffany and her Instagram too because we talk a lot about Yonigasm, which is her business where you can find the crystal wines and the Yoni eggs. And I think sometimes having visuals while you're listening to this episode or after you listen to the episode will just kind of help you understand it more. So let's get into this episode. What fascinates me most about people like you in the world of crystals and Reiki and using energy to heal is how the heck they got into it. Because I feel like it's a very trendy thing right now on TikTok. All you see is like witch talk and crystals. And I'm super fascinated and interested in it, but I have no idea where to start. And I'm so interested in how you started. Yeah, definitely. So, um, well, it, it kind of goes like all the way back to when I had my my son Dylan in 2011. Um, you know, there was a complete energy shift, and I'm sure you know that that feeling. You know, since you've just had 
a child yourself, there's, there's definitely like a, an expansion that takes place like within you. Um, so, you know, at that time I had been like enrolled to, uh, start my nutrition classes, um, at a community college and, you know, I've always been into wellness. Um, and that's why I had, you know, been planning to go into nutrition at that time of having my son in 2011. And, you know, just a background, I got pregnant when I was 17 years old, um, was lucky enough to graduate high school early. And then, you know, right after I had my son, I was basically like starting classes in a couple of months um, in college. So it was like an intense time. Did you know that you wanted to keep your son when you got pregnant? Because I feel like a lot of people when I got pregnant, that was the question that they asked me. They were so interested in like, how did you know? Because I think in our society right now, you do have options. And I think a lot of young women are so scared of getting pregnant. So can you kind of talk about what was going through your mind when you were that young and you got pregnant? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it was, it was such a shock to say the least. Um, I had been with my son's father. We were like high school sweethearts. Um, my cat is trying to jump on me. <laughs> um, so we were um, together since I was like 14 or 15 years old. And, um, you know, he had gone away to college already because he was a couple of years older than me. And at the time that I had gotten pregnant, you know, I was on birth control. Like my mom had put me on birth control at, I think 16 years old because she like already knew like that I was sexually active. Um, and like, I literally got pregnant on birth control and, but I knew before I even missed my period that I was pregnant. I was like, I remember sitting down talking to my best friend at the time. And I was like, I think I need to take a pregnancy test. I don't know why I just feel like I'm pregnant. And she was like, you're crazy. Aren't you on birth control and whatever. And I was like, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. I told my mom, I was like, mom, I think I need to take a pregnancy test. And she was like, are you sure? I think you're getting in your head. And I was like, no, seriously. So I took it. And of course it was positive. And I like had texted my mom, like come home now. And she already knew. And, um, it was really interesting because my mom, like when I had told her, you know, she knew how how many aspirations I had. Like I was super goal driven. Like I was always really, I was an amazing student in school. I had gone accepted to an amazing college and, um, my mom was like, well, are you going to keep it? And immediately, you know, without hesitation, I said, yes. Um, and she was like, okay, well, do you want me to adopt the baby? for you so that you can go away to college. And then when you come back, like, you know, we'll still be here and, you know, you can take over if you want to and whatever. Um, and that just like was so beautiful that she was so supportive and, um, my whole body is a one big goosebump. Like hearing that is you don't find that often in, in stories of, people who get pregnant when they're 17, you always hear like, my parents were so mad at me. And they told me that I had to do this on my own. Like there, there's a lot of people 
with a similar like story of getting pregnant at your age who don't have the same support that gives me like a complete goosebump yeah it's it it's a beautiful thing my mother is such an amazing woman and um and she also had me when she was pretty young she was 21 um and so you know like she was young when i was going through it too so it, she she just really got it and um and although that offer was so nice and sweet and beautiful i obviously decided not to do that and i was like well if i'm going to keep it i'm going to you know just do it um but with that being said i had to you know go through lots of shit um with other people who were not as supportive um you know, my son's father was not immediately supportive. His family was not supportive throughout most of my pregnancy until he came. I, you know, uh, it was really challenging having to deal with all of the judgment. Um, but, you know, throughout the entire time, I was 100% sure in what I was going to do. So I was like, you can stay or you can go, but this is, this is what I'm doing. Isn't it so wild, too, how when two people get unexpectedly pregnant, it's always judgment on the mom and not the guy who got the girl pregnant? (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Then walk me through that when you had him. And I mean, now you're doing so many amazing things. So how did you go from there to now? Yeah. So it's been a journey. I mean, my son is going to be 10 in October. And I mean... It's been it's been so many waves. It's been a roller coaster. Um, so after having my son, you know, I I immediately started my classes um, at a community college doing nutrition, and um, and then I had met um, someone who I ended up being with for like almost five years. Um, shortly after I started my classes, and he was much older than me. Um, I was always very mature for my age too, by the way, like way like beyond my years. Like I never really connected with people my age anyway. So it's not shocking that I ended up taking this route in life. Um, so he was studying to be an acupuncturist and I was so fascinated by, um, everything that he was studying. He was in, um, Uh, you know, grad school, studying Chinese medicine. And I was like, I need to do this. This is amazing. Um, But obviously the acupuncture program was a grad program and you had needed like an undergrad and certain things. So I, I joined their undergrad program to study Chinese medicine and massage therapy. So I left my nutrition class, my, uh, you know, my, major in nutrition. I left the community college I was in, took out a huge loan to go to this private college. Um, And that is where I think that is where things really, that was a pivotal moment in my life because the people that I was exposed to, just the things that I was learning, it was so aligned with, you know, what I'm currently doing and, and just with who I am as a person. So shortly after having my son, I would say my son was probably about a year and a half. 
um, I started to um, have really painful um, feelings in my uterus area, like my pelvic area. Um, and it was like super painful to have sex. Um, it was just really uncomfortable. And one of the professors at, at my um, college, who is an acupuncturist, she specializes in women's health. Um, but like from an Eastern perspective, Eastern medicine perspective. So I started seeing her like every week and I, I was like, look, Heidi, I'm going through these weird pains. Like it's, it's super bad when I have my period, it's painful. When I try to have sex, it's painful and not just like painful, like, ow, like that hurts. Like no, I would be like in the fetal position, hysterically crying after having an orgasm sometimes. Um, sometimes I almost like fainted from the pain because it was so intense. Was it like, crampy or was it just like shooting achy pains? It was like stabbing, stabbing pains. Um, it was like super violent, aggressive pains. So, um, so... I go to, so she's like, okay, well go to your OBGYN and just see what they say. Um, you don't have to do what they tell you to do, but just, I want to, I want to know what their diagnosis is. She already knew it was endometriosis, but she wanted the confirmation. So I go to the doctor and then they're like, oh yeah, it's endometriosis. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I do about that? And they're like, oh, like you can't really do anything about it you just have to like, you know, kind of deal with it. And I was like, wow, okay. So left that, I told Heidi. So Heidi started doing some really intense, excuse me, treatments on me. She was doing like lighting fire on like, just doing like really crazy. She was like also kind of experimenting on me too, because she knew me personally. Um, but she was like, I know that we're going to we're going to get through this. Like you're going to be good. So and she for had been, anybody listening, what is exactly endometriosis? So endometriosis is when the tissue, the soft tissue in your uterus starts to over it. There's, it's an overgrowth um, and it grows outside of it and it can grow over it and it creates scar tissue. It can grow onto your ovaries. Like it, it's just, it's an overgrowth of, um, this soft tissue. And, um, so yeah, so, you know, it, if it's goes untreated, you know, it can lead to a lot of, a lot of things that are super painful. And do we know how it it's caused? I don't know if like Western medicine has figured out exactly what causes it. I mean, from like an Eastern medicine perspective and from like a more like energetic, an energetics perspective. Um, I, I believe it's unresolved womb trauma. Um, I think that, you know, for me, I have come to the conclusion like years ago that that happened to me because of my traumatic birth experience with my son um, because the timing of it, it just makes a lot of sense. And I did go through a super traumatic, like birthing experience and slash postpartum. Um, so 
yeah, and because that, you know, I didn't resolve it, like, immediately, because I didn't even really know or understand the trauma um, the way that I do now, it, it manifested in a very physical way. Did you have uh, a C-section? I didn't have a C-section, um, but they probably would have um, eventually had me go in for a C-section, um, but thank God, thank God my son like came out <laughs> like at that point where it got right. really bad. But, um, no, I had, um, I had a lot of wishes for my birth experience. Um, when I was pregnant with my son, like very early on, I had watched, um, the business of being born. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I've uh, never watched it, but I've heard of it. Oh, it's amazing. Um, Actually, Ricky Lake is the like main, you know, person in this documentary, and it's her birthing experience. Wow. Um, but act- I haven't watched it since 2010, and I like, I need to watch it again. But um, that completely shifted like what I wanted out of my birth experience. Um, but because I'm, you know, I was 17 at the time, I didn't have tons of money to drop on like a home birth or anything like that. Um, but I did have really good insurance because of my father, because I was still under my, my my parents' insurance. Um, but my insurance, even though it was such a great one, it did not cover water births in New York. Um, in New York, that was it there was just some legality that prevented the insurance company from covering even the slightest bit of my water birth. Um, so, so, you know, like, obviously I was like, okay, eventually I got over that. Like it, it was painful to like come to that realization. I was like, fine, I'll just have a midwife and I'll just give birth in a hospital. Um, I started seeing a midwife that was the most disheartening experience. She just was not aligned with me mm. and my energy at all. I, on my second appointment, like ran out the office hysterically crying because she was making really mean, unnecessary comments about my weight. Um, and yeah, it was, it was bad. And so then I was like, okay, time to switch. Cause I'm never going to her again. She's so insensitive. Um, I start seeing an OBGYN. He's a super kind-hearted, you know, older man. He delivered at a really nice hospital um, in Greenwich, Connecticut, Greenwich Hospital. So I was like, well, that's the best hospital that I will get to like give birth in for a hospital. Like I'd rather do that. So I went with that. And then I, you know, I had told him I wanted a natural hospital birth and he kind of like, all right, well, let's yeah. see how that goes. Um, and no one was really supporting me that much in in that, you know, goal of having a natural birth either. So it was kind of like I was st- in my own corner having to like root for myself. <laughs> um, so then, you know, I end up having to get induced and they give me Pitocin, which if you watch the business of being born, you will understand why this crushed me. Because it basically meant that I would not be able to go through this without an epidural. Because the way that the pain comes on, I don't know if you got uh, induced with Pitocin, but... 
No. So I actually had a scheduled C-section, so I never even experienced labor because Mm. my baby was breech and I felt the same way as you. I had a really disheartening experience with my OBGYN because when we found out that he was breech, because he was breech the whole time, there was no way he was turning. They told me Mm -hmm. that there was no way that I could have a vaginal birth. There was nobody who could deliver me or deliver him vaginally. And it was just the hardest thing. And so I I mean, my boyfriend and I- I know. And my boyfriend and I were like, should we just drive to Utah? We found a lady in like bumfuck Utah who could do like an unassisted birth. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, I'm a little Uh scared of that. So I might just do the C-section this time and then the next time reevaluate. But I I totally agree with you in the fact that like so many people have disheartening experiences with their OBGYN or midwife or whatever. And something needs to change in that industry because they're they're very non-compassionate. For sure. It's so, um, it's so upsetting. And actually it's funny, the timing of us recording this, I actually just became a certified holistic doula and, um, we'll get to that later. But like, I, if I knew what I know now, like at that time, I would have, I would have advocated for myself so much more but because I was vulnerable, it was my first baby, I was young, I, there was just no way I would have, I didn't have that boldness to me like I do today where I was, would be able to look my doctor in the face and say, no, you're not going to induce me. No, I am not going to have Pitocin. No, I am not going to lay on my back and try to push this baby out. Like I wouldn't have done all of that. So, you know, it was all necessary like for me to experience. But, um, but yeah, so then I had gotten the Pitocin and then I waited to the last hour to get my epidural because I was still like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And then it got really bad, really fast. And I was like, holy shit, I need to get this. So the anesthesiologist comes in and this fucker messed up my epidural. He literally put it in wrong and we were all terrified. Like my mom and my son's father were like in the room crying when, when this was happening. Um, obviously I'm fine now, but I went through years of terrible lower back pains because of it. Um, it was super scary. So did he put it in wrong in terms of placement? Like he... Cause, cause you can get yeah. paralyzed from you that. Can. Yeah. Um, so he, I, I don't even, at, it's been so long that I don't even know if I'm saying it right, but I believe, um, the, the catheter, which is like the first part that they put in, he put that in wrong. Um, so, you know, there came a point where, he, you know, he had given me the whole pep talk about not moving. And even if I feel something, don't move, like, just let him know. And he was like, look, you're not supposed to feel anything after this, after this point. So if you feel anything, let me know. And I'm in excruciating pain, like, ow, 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 you're hurting me. And he's thinking I'm going through a contraction. And I'm like, Uh... no, it's my back. And he's like, you feel that? And I'm like, yes. And he's like, oh, okay, don't move. Don't move. Don't move. 
And I'm like, okay. So then he takes it out. And then he's like, do you want me to try again? And I'm like, at this point, I'm freaking, I'm just like horrified. Like, do I want to even risk this again? But I'm like, this pain is unbearable and I need to push this baby out soon. So we went for it again. It was fine after that. Um, But, but yeah, it was just a lot of, a lot of just little things that, I didn't go smoothly yeah it didn't go smoothly and then you know that leading to my you know really rough postpartum because I was not really supported in breastfeeding my son they were trying to feed my son formula in the hospital even though I told them that I didn't want formula but because he wasn't latching on right away which now I understand that a baby will latch on when a baby wants to latch on. Like you, you don't need to force a baby to eat. They will eat <laughs> if they need yeah. to. Um, but I didn't know a freaking thing about breastfeeding at that time. I just knew I wanted to do it. Um, yeah. And and so because my son had gotten like a taste of formula, then it was really challenging to get him to exclusively do the breast milk. So for like four months, I tortured myself with just like, I was so stubborn. I was like, nope, you're going to breastfeed. You're going to breastfeed. Um, But you know, it's just like the bleeding nipples and like the late nights, like crying. Then I get mastitis which you probably know what that is. It's when you have a clogged duct. <laughs> yeah, knock on wood that I don't get it. I haven't gotten it yet and it's been six months. So, But I have heard from so many women, it is the hardest, most painful thing to go through ever. Traumatizing. Traumatizing. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was really, it was horrific pain. I woke up one day and, you know, your boobs do get like rock hard sometimes when you're really yeah. full. But, like this was, this was just not human. It was like, whoa, how is this so hard? And they were like <laughs> up to here. And um, I was shaking with like a fever and I couldn't uh-huh. even do anything. Couldn't even run water on my boobs because just the feeling of the water was like, fire um but yeah so I ended up being hospitalized and then they put me on an antibiotic and they were like you can't breastfeed for whatever it was I think it was 48 hours so now I'm like oh my god this really sucks so I ended up giving him goat's milk but I beat myself up so much for not being able to once again you know stick to my plan and all of that sort of stuff. Um, so, so yeah, anyways, now fast forward to, you know, the endometriosis, which, you know, happened about a year after that whole situation. Um, Heidi, I'm seeing Heidi twice a week at this point, because I'm like, we need to, we need to address this like quickly, um, before it, manifest even more um so she gives me this book um and this book is basically how I learned about the jade egg and yoni eggs um 
I, she was like, get yourself a nefriti jade yoni egg and start doing the exercises. It, it's really powerful and it will really help to move the, the stagnated chi in your, in your like pelvic area. Um, so I started using that like every single day, um, along with the acupuncture and I was also yoni steaming. And all of that combined, and I was doing a few other things that um, she was, you know, having me do, um, you know, like caster packs, which is like you put a heated pad with castor oil on like your lower abdominal area and like the castor oil is supposed to help like move your blood and all and your energy and all of that sort of stuff. So all of those things for like, I would say about like nine months, I go back to the OBGYN and they're like, you had endometriosis? Like, are you sure? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Of course I'm sure. And they're like, well, we don't see anything anymore. And I'm like, get out. The pain stopped, but I just wanted to make sure that like right. it, we were in the clear. Um, and so we were. And so after that, I was like, wow, to experience, like I had, I do have so much, um, belief in the Eastern medicine, like the, their healing modalities. It's, it's so ancient. It's so wise. It, um, it's so interconnected to everything, you know, and it makes so much sense to me. Um, but to see it like work for me in such an extreme way was, it just like put a fire under my ass. Honestly, I was like, this is amazing. Like I, I need to tell more women about this. <laughs> well, and I feel like too, a lot of people in Western culture have this notion that the body's goal is not to heal on its own when it totally is. And that's why I love Eastern traditions and perspectives because it's all about supporting your body instead of being like, fuck what the body wants to do. I'm going to give you meds or I'm going to give you pills or I'm going to give you some crazy thing to do it for, for the body instead of like supporting the body and healing on its own, which I think is so insane that you healed using crystals. So can you tell everyone what yoni eggs are and what exactly that does for healing? Yeah. So yoni eggs, so it, yoni eggs started with the jade egg. That is like the OG yoni egg. Um, and it dates back like over 2000 years ago. Um, like in the ancient, in ancient China, um, the empresses and the concubines would use it for um, sexual vitality, for um, tightening the pelvic floor after having a child, um, and just overall, um, like women's wellness, like, because we neglect in the Western culture and Western medicine, we neglect how much of um how how important our womb is and how important like our womb space is as a woman and how much it affects our health 
Um, I mean, we have an OBGYNs and stuff, but like, it's, it's just so black and white here. You know, we don't really acknowledge energy, even though science has already, you know, like science has been proven that we are made up of energy and that that is what this whole thing is basically created from. But we don't really treat the root, we treat the symptoms. And, um, and so going back to the yoni eggs, like, you know, each crystal has a metaphysical, has metaphysical properties to it. Um, there's a certain frequency that is emitted from it. Um, and just like, you know, you don't even have to know much about different types of crystals, but just knowing that one piece that crystals give off an energy, it means that it gives off movement. And so when you're putting it in your, you know, yoni canal, you are, you are putting something in there that is going to naturally move energy around. Um, and in Eastern medicine, they, and in Chinese medicine, a lot of ailments are due to stagnant energy. And that's why acupuncture is such a big healing modality because you are manipulating chi or sticking a needle in an acupoint in a meridian and you're moving that energy around and you choose, you know, the points based off of their stagnation and, you know, based off of whatever their chief complaint is and you're moving that energy for them so that they can no longer, you know, be experiencing that, that ailment. So it's very, imagine your yoni is just like a big, you know, uh, an acupoint on a meridian and you're putting a yoni egg in there that's helping you to move this energy around. Um, so that's just one aspect of it. But and then when you say yoni, you're talking about the vaginal canal, correct? Yeah. Your yoni is like the whole, it's your, it's the vaginal canal. It's the vulva. It's like the whole thing the whole flower. Um, but I just, I like to use yoni because I don't like the word vagina because of where it comes from. (laughs) Um, so I just, I, I like to use yoni because the, it's a Sanskrit word that has like a very positive, um, definition of, you know, what, what that is. Um, so when you're, um, but on a physical level, you're putting it in your your yoni canal and you are exercising muscles that you're not typically exercising if you're not using something like that. Um, and for us women, you know, our pelvic floor, it, it houses our, not only our bladder, but it also houses our uterus, our like our sex organs. Um, and so if we have a weak pelvic floor, you know, yes, you might have, you might pee on yourself when you do jumping jacks. Like that's something that happens very commonly after having a child. Like, oh, wow, my, I'm like peeing on myself when I laugh too hard or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. If you had like a natural birth where you pushed a baby out, you will most likely experience that. Um, and we're not really taught like, oh, exercise those muscles so that that doesn't happen. 
a lot of women in America experience prolapses after having a child. And that is such a big thing that no one even really addresses. And, um, and I think it's because it's a big concern that the medical industry does not really want to acknowledge right now because they don't know what to do about it. Um, but the truth is that women are being put in positions to push a, you know, eight pound baby out of, you know, their yonis and it's, it's an unnatural position to push a baby out of. So you're overworking these muscles and then afterwards you're not tightening, you're not toning them. You're not tightening them up again. Um, and it's not like to, you know, with the goal of like tightening your, your yoni canal so that, you know, it feels you know, tight again when you're having sex. No, not at all. Actually, it's, it's about the whole pelvic floor area so that all of your organs can be safely housed again. And not like, you know, all in this loose area where they can move around, fall, you know, into your, you know, your yoni canal. And that's how these prolapses happen so often. Yeah, and I totally agree with you because when I was probably a month or two postpartum and could have sex again, I think it was two months postpartum, I experienced really painful sex for the first couple of times. And immediately I'm the type of person that's like, whoa, got to fix that. Like what's going on? So I went to a pelvic floor therapist and she basically did internal exams and like loosened up my muscles. And because I think mine were so tight, especially because I got a C-section. So I have scar tissue really close to that area. And so I just think the pelvic floor is completely overlooked and so underrated in terms of any kind of postpartum ailments. I think people need to start there for sure. Absolutely. And in a lot of, um, you know, there are countries like in Europe that have have um, pelvic floor therapy as a an aftercare for um, after you give birth, because, you know, they acknowledge like, this is, um, this is so important. (laughs) This is like, you're, you're, first of all, you have a child sitting in that space for nine months that is you know that in itself the fact that the human body can bounce back from that is amazing to me but then you know you're pushing and you're pushing and you're pushing if you have a c-section you know they take your organs out (laughs) before they sew you back up and i try to forget about that (laughs) i know i know i'm sorry It's like they take your organs out and sometimes they don't put it back in correctly. If it's even slightly off, that can affect you so much. And, you know, it's, it's just not, I find that going to an OBGYN is just not the solution because they're not addressing that this is a reality. <laughs> like, you know, it, it's always like, oh, like, let's check for a cyst or let's check for like, yeah. You know, some it's never like, okay, let's go back to like square one where this all started and look at the timeline of your experience and see what might have gone wrong during this time. Um, it's very uncommon to get a doctor who wants to spend that much time with you, um, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, it's wild. 
I would love for you to explain how you use the Yoni eggs exactly. Because you're, so your business is Yoni Gasm, correct? Yes. So you sell these crystals and you also sell sex toys, correct? Yes. So kind of explain like one, how you use the Yoni Gasm in, in terms of like insertion and do they get stuck and how to really go about it the correct way. And also the um, other ways to use the things that you sell in terms of sex toys. Yeah. So, um, so Yoni Gasm started with just uh, Yoni eggs. Um, and with Yoni eggs, you do have to, um, you do have to be careful with what crystals you're selecting because they're going in your intimate space and not every crystal is meant to go there. <laughs> so, um, the Nefriti Jade is the, the hardest crystal, so it's completely non-porous. Um, and I always recommend that one because, because it's the original. And, you know, I think over time as, as it's gained popularity, people have started to like, you know, use other types of crystals, which is fine. They, they still are safe, some of them, but, um, but yeah, I always, I like to go back to basics. So, um, the way that you would use a yoni egg, um, they come in small, medium, and large. Um, I always recommend if you're just starting out to go medium or large because the small is kind of like for doing more advanced, uh, techniques with them. Um, you're not going to really get as much out of use. You're not going to get as much as you would from using a large one out of using a small one because they don't have a lot of weight to it. Mm -hmm. um, so you're not going to really get to like challenge those muscles. Um, so you use a yoni egg basically like you would Kegel, but like a true Kegel, not like, I feel like a lot of women Kegel and they like are contracting their vaginal canal muscles, but a Kegel is really like, you're, you want to use your entire pelvic floor. So like, imagine you are out in public and you're like, holy shit, I'm about to shit on myself. And that, that contraction you would make to like hold that in is basically a Kegel. Um, so you're using like your, your front and your back muscles in it. So, and it's it hard. Like, let me tell you, when I got my internal exam for the, by the pelvic floor ther therapist after probably two months after having my son, I was so shocked. She's like, okay, now do a Kegel. And I'm like, I'm doing it. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> and so it's so hard to really activate those muscles and find them and make that brain to um, pelvic floor connection because it's so hard. It's so weak after having a baby. Definitely. Oh, yes. And I was struggling a lot to correctly Kegel after having my son as well. Um, but, but yeah, I, my acupuncturist kind of walked me through how to do one correctly. And she used that analogy for me and it just forever stuck because it, it that's, that's yeah. basically how it feels. Um, and so you are going to be holding that, that Kegel for as long as you can with your Yoni egg in it and then releasing and then holding it again, hold it for as long as you can and then release. 
Um, and I would say if you're just starting out, especially if you've had a baby like recently, don't overdo because that can be just as harmful. You know, you don't want to like overdo either. So I would say like actively use your yoni egg for about 10 to 15 minutes a day. And when I say, I say actively because there does come a time where, um, you know, after using it for a long, a while, like, you know, nine months to a year, and you're really like seeing that muscle build and, and that strength come back, you know, you can, you can wear your yoni egg for a period of time and, you know, just kind of do passive exercises with them. Um, and so that, you know, I eventually would just walk around the grocery store with my yoni egg because I would be able to hold it in for a long time. And, you know, it didn't feel like I was like, you know, too strenuous on my muscles. Um, but that's not something you really want to like do when you're first building, you want to build up to that point. Um, and then, you know, for, uh, I know a big question that I get asked very often is, does it get stuck and will it get stuck? Um, and no, it won't get stuck. Like you will need to like go to the hospital and get it removed or anything like that. Um, as long as you have, as long as you have a healthy cervix and your cervix is not dilated, like you, you should never use a yoni egg when you're, when you have a dilated cervix. Um, I don't recommend using yoni eggs if you're pregnant. Um, but as long as your cervix is, you know, closed, it will not go anywhere. Um, depending on how long your, your yoni canal is, you know, sometimes it might feel like it's like, oh my God, it's so far back there and I can't get it out. Just squat, like just squat on like, you know, as low as you can and just let the muscles relax. And one thing that, um, that I've recently learned from my doula classes is if you close your eyes and clench your fist, your yoni muscles will also clench. And if and then when you release, your your yoni muscles will relax. Open your eyes and release your your clenched hands, those muscles will naturally relax. And that blew my mind because I was like, whoa. So, you know, you can do that a couple of times to really get those muscles to truly relax because it might feel like you you have it stuck and you, it won't come out because of how tense your muscles are. So right. it's really just a matter of relaxing those muscles. So usually squatting will help to relax those muscles. And then, you know, you can do that exercise where you just close your eyes, clench your fists, and then open your eyes and open your fists. And it'll it'll loosen up and fall out eventually. But if you're so super- So it just falls out. You don't really grab it or can you do both? So I will tell you from my experience, after having my son, there it was not getting stuck. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I had the opposite. Like it would fall out immediately. So I would put it in and I got a large Nefriti Jade. Granted, that is the heaviest yoni egg because Nefriti Jade is the heaviest of 
crystals out of the yoni egg crystals and I got a large. So um, it was really challenging for me to actually keep it in long enough to do the exercises. So I had to keep, you know, putting it back in. Um, and when you're doing the exercises, you know, I was told to kind of um, stand in a position where your your legs are like open, like open enough to align with your shoulders and then kind of do a, a small squat so, so that when you're doing those Kegel exercises with your yoni egg in it, um, you can really like get a feel of what's going on there. Um, but it, it fell out like a lot of times in the beginning. Um, but some people who maybe don't, you know, never had a child and don't have that experience, you know, I know my best friend definitely had the opposite experience with me. Hers, like hers, she couldn't get out for like 30 minutes afterwards. And she was like super freaked out about it. Um, so yeah, everyone will have a different experience. Um, but regardless, you know, it will come out. But if it's a big concern of yours, you can get a yoni egg that's drilled so that you can attach like a organic hemp string to it and pull it out like a tampon afterwards if that's, you know, a big concern. So does it go in, because it's shaped like an egg, does it come to a point or is it just round everywhere? So it's shaped like an egg and you would put the um, the heavier part, the wider part in first um, and the pointier part would be on the bottom. And so if you do get a drilled egg, that's the point is on the, the hole is on the uh, pointier end. So the string would be hanging out like a tampon string if you do get a drilled one. Um, I've never used a drilled one because, like I said, I never really had that concern. Um, I always find that it, even now, if I use it, you know, once I'm ready to let it for it to come out, I'm like, okay, come out. And it just slides right yeah. out. So. Yeah. So, what, what are like the good positions to be in when you're using it? And, and also for someone listening who maybe didn't have a baby or someone listening who just had a baby, what are the other reasons to use it? Because I know we touched on womb trauma and how, you know, you can use it for that. Um, but what are the other ways that people can use it and like what positions should they be doing it in? Yeah. So you can really get creative with it. Like I don't like to make too many rules. Um, as long as you're using it safely, um, like, do what your body, you know, tells you to do. Cause I feel like everyone's body, you know, will not, will tell them what is right and what is not right if you're willing to listen to it. So, um, you can sit, you can literally sit down and use it. You don't have to do a fancy position. Um, I started out doing it like standing up kind of like with my knees bent slightly, but I found that to be a little uncomfortable because my legs were weak and I was like, oh, this feels like I'm working out. Like, you know, I don't like I just I didn't really like that position very much. So eventually I just would sit on a chair and and just do it sitting down, um, you know, just making sure that my posture was good. And, you know, it's just as effective. Um 
And, you know, there are so many reasons to use yoni eggs, so many ways you can use yoni eggs, just like crystals. You know, people get very creative with how they use their crystals. Um, you build a, like a bond with them. So, you know, I, I like to use my yoni eggs to help manifest, to set intentions. Um, you know, I have a collection, obviously. So I, I used my Nefridi Jade in the beginning and that was my first one. And I had that one for like four years until I tried anything else. And then my next one was Rose Quartz because I was working on like self-love. Um, so I really made the intention with my Yoni egg to help me explore that, um, to help me open my heart and to help me um, forgive myself. And so I would, I like to meditate when I do my Yoni egg exercises. Um, one, because it's really hard for me to schedule things in my day. So I'm like, I'd rather do them both together. Um, but also because I feel like having something to focus on that's very like mundane and like repetitive helps me kind of get into that trance state too when I meditate. So a yoni egg exercise is really simple and repetitive. So um, I just find it works really well with my meditation. Um, and you can say affirmations while you do your yoni egg exercises. If you go on my uh, Instagram, Yonigasm, I made like little reels um, for like how to use your yoni egg, specific yoni eggs for sp specific intentions. And a lot of times I have like affirmations that I will like put on there um, for you to repeat. You know, you can use yoni eggs for sexual trauma if you've experienced any any kind of sexual trauma. Um, black obsidian is amazing for helping to, you know, absorb that energy that you're not wanting to hold on to anymore. Um, and so, you know, you can say affirmations with that. You can, um, you know, build that relationship with your black obsidian and set that intention to specifically help you overcome, you know, that trauma. Um, I have my green adventuring yoni egg, which I use for manifesting. It's a green, it's a beautiful green egg like a lighter green. Nefridi Jade is like a super, super dark green. Um, and the green adventuring is a really light green. And I, and that's like known as being like a good luck crystal. Um, so I like to use that, you know, when I'm manifesting, um, you know, financial manifestation or, you know, like in my career, um, so yeah, you can get super creative with it. I I find that lately I use my crystals in a more metaphysical way. Um, when I first started, it was for it was very physical. It was very like I I had the intention to help with endometriosis. I had the intention to help strengthen my pelvic floor. That was my focus in the beginning of my yoni egg journey. But over the years, it's changed so much because now that that stuff has resolved itself in my practice, 
you know, now I usually use my yoni eggs for more emotional, energetic um, purposes. For someone who's listening and does want to heal womb trauma or maybe just had a baby, how do they know whether they have womb trauma or not? So I, my personal opinion is that if you have a womb, you most likely have womb trauma because my, what I feel womb trauma is in my, in my journey through doing this work, um, it is not just from having a baby. Um, it is not just, um, like sexual trauma. Um, a lot of it is, um, it's, it's, it's more internal. Uh, it's more of how you view yourself as a woman because our womb aligns with our root and our sacral chakras. And there is so much that is there, so much that gets stored there. Um, and a lot of it stems back to our childhood. Um, and I feel that womb trauma usually starts in childhood. Um, and if you are raised in this society where women are not really taught to embrace their sexuality, women are not really taught um, to love their, their sensual side. And there's a lot of shame too around being a woman just because of, you know, how society views us. So that causes womb trauma. <laughs> so unless you're like the perfect person who has never been conditioned in any way and, you know, or you've just processed every bit of trauma, you know, you most likely do carry um, remnants of that. Sorry, I live in New York City. It's so loud here. <laughs> um, so you, you do um, store that somewhere. Um, energy does not just vanish. It, it, it's either released or it's stored. Um, and usually we store it because we don't, we're not taught to release it. Um, so yeah, I, I find that a lot of, a lot of the clients that I work with, usually there, it really goes all the way back to being a child and how they felt as a child when they first started to discover their yoni and what it meant to have one and you know what their parents taught them about their sexual organs and like you know how people told them they should be or should not be and 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 holding on to that and growing up with that and so womb trauma is just, it's so much bigger than than just you know um, the phys the physical side of having a womb, you know? Yeah, I, I love that so much. So what I want to touch on a little bit is the sex toy aspect of your business and how you, you people can use those and what exactly you offer in terms of crystals for that. Yeah, so, um, so like I said, Yonigasm started initially with just Yoni eggs. And then I, in my own growth and in my own healing journey, I 
realize that the orgasm is so special in um, in this healing process. And um, I wanted to be very, I wanted to advocate for the female orgasm more <laughs> and, um, and doing it in a very sacred way. So I, I was like, okay, well, crystal sex toys, like that is, why not? So I added crystal sex toys to Yonigasm. And honestly, that is like, people love that the most because people love to orgasm. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's just as profound and healing as um, using a Yoni egg is because like I was e explaining with how you bond, it's all about the crystal. Crystals are so, it's so easy to bond with a crystal if you choose to. Um, and, you know, I, I, I feel like they are, you know, like li these living things that we get to explore and, and work with. They're like tools. Um, so just like I was saying how you can use a black obsidian yoni egg, um, on the metaphysical side, you can, you can use that energy from that egg, from that crystal, to help you work through, um, you know, sexual trauma and sexual abuse. And it, it's the same as using a black obsidian wand, you know, and, and then adding, you know, the experience of pleasure and orgasm on top of that, it's like an extra layer of like juiciness in the process because, um, so much it so much happens when you orgasm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a heightening of your own energy and there's an expansion that takes place as well. So it can be, it can be mind blowingly healing to, to use these crystals, um, in that way. Um, as long as the intention is, is set and, you know, you're, you're making sure that, um, you know, you're, you're sharing that intention with the crystal. I feel like the sky's the limit. Um, so the black obsidian one was the first one that I brought into Yonigasm and I call it the shadow healer because I feel like it's the, the, my go-to for shadow work. Um, you know, it really, black obsidian is great for shadow work. A lot of, you know, people will say that, um, but using it as a dildo, using it to, you know, to orgasm, it's just a very powerful experience. And what is shadow work exactly? So shadow work is, um, so we have a duality, you know, um, within us, our soul has a duality. Um, and there is like the light aspect of us, which is like our highest self, our highest self who, that has no, no density. It's just complete light, complete and un unconditional love. Um, but we're in human form. So it's, it's really, really close to impossible to just have that aspect of you here on earth where, you know, we're, we're in a three-dimensional world here. I mean, we're ascending into higher dimensions, but 
we're, we're still living in a three-dimensional world. So there is going to be the duality of having the shadow aspects, which is a lot of people will, you know, say it's like the dark side of you, but I, I don't really like to view it that way because I feel like we do need that aspect to survive here. Um, I feel like it is, <clears throat> I feel like it is um, the aspect of you that I guess like people refer to as the ego. Um, so, but if you, if the ego takes over too much and you don't have that balance of, you know, both aspects, it can lead to a lot of, you know, um, discomfort in this lifetime. If you're, if you're always living in the ego self, if you're always living in the shadow self, um, and so a lot of like a lot of times when we um when we don't process trauma if if we're not processing the trauma we're not releasing it so we're holding on to it those are the shadow aspects of ourselves so shadow work is basically working through your trauma it's working through um the, the aspects of you that maybe you've forgotten, you know, like suppressed memories, suppressed feelings um, caused by, you know, the, the ego, like living too much in that ego self. Um, but yeah, it's, it's also complex because people have so many uh, different views on what shadow work is for them. But that's just my own personal um, view on it. But it makes so much sense to use crystals to help you do that. And especially talking about the yoni and using it internally to really give off that energy. Because before even speaking with you, like I knew what crystals were and what they could do, but I never knew that I never really made the connection. Like they have energy and we are energy. So obviously they're going to help. So wrapping up, since my show is all about womanhood and wellness and self-growth, what would be one of your biggest tips for anyone listening, whether it's a wellness tip or a self-growth tip or just how, you know, something that's been very profound with you in your life and your journey? Um, I would say always listen to your body because your body will give you signs and, um, you know, do what, do what really feels good for you. Um, so there's, we're always going to have choices in this world. We can, we can take the Western medicine approach. We can take the Eastern medicine approach. Um, and I don't think one is better or worse. I think that every person has different needs. Um, so although one thing works for another, it might not work for, you know, someone else. Um, but I feel like your body will always guide you. Um, and that your heart center is your compass. So, you know, if you're unsure, sit with yourself and really try to tune into that. Um, when it comes to anything, when it comes to picking out which yoni egg to, you know, to get, I can't answer that for you. It's something that, you know, it, it's a very personal experience. This whole, you know, healing journey is such a personal experience um, and I, and I truly believe that your higher self wants to guide you in this because your higher self knows 
the direction. So just tuning into that um, and you, and you will always find your way. I love that. And I'm about to go buy myself a Yoni egg. So for anyone listening, how can they find you on social media and how can they buy the Yoni egg, the sex toys, everything? Yeah. So on social media, I, um, I'm known as moon magic priestess. Um, and that is at moon magic priestess magic with a K at the end. Um, and then Yoni gasms Instagram is at Yonigasm, Y-O-N-I-G-A-S-M. And um, if you are looking to purchase um, something from Yonigasm, we are on Etsy. And I also have a website called theyonigasm.com. And you can check out our blogs. Um, and it's a really good guide to sort of like help you as a beginner um, just knowing how to use a yoni egg, knowing how to yoni steam and um, how to use your crystal wand and all of that fun stuff. So you can check that out on theyonigasm.com. And your Instagram is super helpful for that too. I love all the reels, like you were saying. They're very informative. So if anyone's listening, doesn't know where to start, just go to the Instagram so you'll learn everything. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so for coming.